Welcome back to episode four of the Out on a Limb movie review show. Uh, today in our review, we spiced it up a little bit with a little more of an action movie and decided to go with No Country for Old Men. Now this was a movie Ty chose as we switch off the movies each week and in general, it was just a pretty crazy movie. Yeah, so first watching this movie, I don't know why, but uh, as you know, we watched a movie this week, and I spend like hours watching previews. So I've seen this the preview to this movie like at least ten times, and I've just been saving it for radio, waiting to watch it. And I had so much hype, uh, like I I I was so hyped to watch this movie. I thought it was gonna be one of the best movies I've ever seen. And at first, it didn't live up to my expectations at all. But as I think about the movie, and as I watch some YouTube videos, read some articles, and I really think closely, I now I'm able to like truly appreciate every small detail in the movie and what it really all meant. And I can like happily say now that it did live up to the hype. Yeah, it, for me, I think that I liked it a little bit less than you. And as well, I was really confused when I first ended it. Like, I know I texted you. I was like, what is going on right now? But um, after watching some videos as well and talking to you and seeing your thoughts on it, it definitely grew my interest in it. And I was able to see how it was considered such a good movie. But to start as well with our viewer experience, which we kind of talked about already a little bit, I was just extremely confused. Like, throughout the, the middle of the movie, I wasn't that confused on the plot, but the end kind of just left me sitting there. Like, why did the movie end this way? And I was super confused about it. But at the same time, the entire movie, there was never really a dull moment. It was super intriguing and super action-packed, which made it uh, a lot more interesting. And in the end, it was a little bit confusing, but it was a pretty good viewer experience for me. Yeah, well, I feel like this movie's great because a lot of... The movies that we watch in general and a lot of a lot of the movies that like I watch I, I feel like you watch them for the message not totally for the entertainment purposes like some of the best movies I've ever seen aren't as entertaining as like a James Bond action film but this one really did it all and I love it because just every moment was action-packed and it delivered a great message and, and was really strong, like thematically and symbolically. But it also was entertaining throughout. And I really wasn't, I wasn't bored at any point in the movie. Yeah, so for our categories for No Country for Old Men, we've got story and how the story is told out of 10 points. We've got the character and development, character development out of 20 points the acting out of 15 points, the production out of 10 points, the symbolism out of 20 points, and the theme slash message out of 25 points. So to start with the story, it's 0 through 10. Yeah, so for this, we usually just talk about the story conceptually, how conceptually interesting it is. But we feel like that there are definitely more like layers to a story. So this week, we kind of added on to this section, and it's not just the story conceptually, it's in addition the story, to the story conceptually, it's also how the story is told, and just like more smaller details within the story, rather than the big picture. And so for, for the story uh, out of 10, I gave it a 7, 
Uh, this was definitely the weakest part of the film for me. I thought it was... It, it wasn't like... Uh, uh, conceptually, it wasn't a, a very interesting story. It was just about... It was pretty cliche. It was just about, like, a... Um, a guy from the Spanish cartel, or the Mexican cartel, who hunted down uh, some dude who stole some money. So it's it's pretty, like, simple conceptually. And what I didn't love about this movie was the sheriff who's barely in the movie, he's considered the protagonist, and I didn't love that. You didn't really get to know him as a character that well. And I know a lot of people can look past that and realize that he didn't need to be on the screen a ton, but I didn't like that I didn't really get to know the main character. And also, this part I don't take off points for. I thought it, it definitely contributed to to um, to like the message of the movie, but... All the main characters, like Carson Wells and Llewellyn, who who dominates the screen time for the movie, they're anticlimactic endings. They pretty much just die, and the movie continues. And it's it's there's no 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 climax. There's nothing leading up to it. It's kind of just random. They die, and there's nothing afterwards. Yeah, for story for me, it was also the worst part of the movie because I feel like. It was just, it seemed just like a classic horror movie. So when you kind of watched it just at the first layer, like you were saying, it was just like this one guy hunting people down and the ending wasn't super satisfying. You know, it was sort of all over the place. Like we're seeing so many different perspectives from a lot of different characters that we don't really get to understand what's going on even. Like we're never, we never really get to understand until later in the movie what actually happened and who the characters are and what's going on. So it can be very confusing for the watcher, like for the person watching the movie. So I gave the story and how it's told a six out of 10. And it's that's the main thing that bumped the grade of this movie down. But the other at the categories, the other categories definitely bring it up. Yeah, I, I, the problem with this movie is just how, how like, I know it, it contributes to the message. But really, each character is just insignificant, except the, the villain. And it's told from three different perspectives, and it's just kind of confusing how the story is told. But other than that, it, it kind of just goes upwards from here. So, our next category is character. Oh, and, wait, before we continue, Tom, yeah. what was your grade for story? Mine was seven. Mine was seven. You, you gave it a six, I gave it a seven. So, for character and character development, which is our next section, this one's out of 20 because clearly it's more important. And I just want to start off by saying the the villain, Anton Chigurh, I think. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to call him Anton. I'm going to call him his first name because I don't know how to pronounce his last name. But this dude, he's, he's the second. I think he's my second favorite villain out of any movie I've ever seen. I, he's right behind the Joker in terms of villains ever. And to me, this guy's even scarier than the Joker. I think he's just an amazing villain and... I like it's just awesome to, to, to have a good villain in a movie like this. Yeah, uh, Anton Chigur was a sick character because he, he barely speaks at all. His voice, I know we talked about this, his voice was sick. Like his super deep and like raspy voice, and in general, just added to his character of being scary, made like his, like him being such like a figure of death. It, it, all the aspects of it, him wearing black, everything made it 
a lot like a lot better in my opinion but with other characters uh Llewellyn who has dominates the screen time and he seems to be like a smart and great guy like his his uh morale and personality in general seems to be good he's loyal to his wife he just came across a bunch of money and he wants to escape the country and get away from the person chasing him all of that happens we see like his development as trying to escape from anton and then he's not even killed by shigur he's killed by um a group of the mexican cartel and we don't even see his death it's super quick and seems unimportant and at first i thought i i didn't like that but then i saw how all the other character stories unraveled and i think it added to the movie's narrative yeah i think that i i love i just i think when we think about characters in this movie, obviously the sheriff is is significant because he's the protagonist. But when you're not thinking like the the theme, the messages, just the movie itself, like not thinking that deeply into it, like the villain with his with his air gun that's used to like kill cattle, he's he's actually insane. Like just everything about him is is creepy. Uh, the, the way that he, like, pops up, he's pretty much invincible throughout the movie, except at the end, which we'll talk about later. But just because of, of Anton himself, Shigur, I'm giving, I'm giving the character, uh, category an 18 out of 20, just because such a cool villain. Yeah, I gave the character and character development a 17 out of 20, because I also liked, as I said, the narrative of Dying Quick, Carson Wells was actually an interesting character to me because he came in looking super important and like a, a, a smart guy and it looks like he's about to make a huge impact and then Shigor just kills him like he he's in the middle of a sentence and Shigor just randomly kills him and then Carla Jean decided not to be just another victim of Shigor and decide to stand up to his game of the coin toss and while she did die she stood up to his idea of letting fate take your chance of living or dying so I gave that a 17 out of 20. Because in general, I thought the character development was solid and the villain was really, really good. But I think they're kind of, they're, compared to other movies like Fight Club and Shawshank, it's not on the same level. Yeah, absolutely. So our next category is acting. And the guy who plays Anton Sugar, Javier Bardem, he's, he's so scary. He embodies the character so well. I... I love him. I, like, the casting was perfect for him as the villain. It's just, like, looking at him, he's kind of, like, visually, he's kind of not, I don't know if, if this was just me, but it's kind of not what you expect for, like, your stereotypical villain. He looks pretty normal. He looks, he kind of just looks like a normal guy. No, I thought his haircut was, like, it was sick. Like, it made him look like a creep. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. He looks like a, a creepy guy, but he doesn't exactly look like... A super villain. He doesn't That's look like a, like a super villain. He looks like just like a creepy dude. Yeah, exactly. And I think the way that he's like, I don't know if it's just like his deep voice and the way that he talks and like the coin flip, just everything he does is so creepy and it's so, he's such a good villain in the movie. So if, if he were the only character in the movie... I, I give it a 15 out of 15. He's such a good actor. But just because there are other characters in the movie who weren't as, like, uh, memorable, their acting performances, I'm I'm giving it a 14 out of 15. But he, he was such a good villain. 
Yeah, I'm with you here too. I'm so close to giving it a 15. I think if the other actors uh, were as good as Bardem, then maybe I would have given it a 15. But um, there are some other movies that I've seen, like The Joker, which I think have had better acting performances. But uh, I think a 14 is it's super close to a 15. I think uh, Javier Bardem's his it seems like every single word every single word that Shigur speaks in the movie seems thought out. He doesn't speak that much, but every single word he says has meaning to it. He never says something that like is pointless. Everything he says has to do with has to do with life or death. And I think like uh, Javier Bardem's the, his way of going about be becoming this character, it like his just his look like when when killing them like his face like in general. He, he just looks like an insane super villain. Yeah, well, and then I, he, he like, it, it's like he loves seeing people die. It's just, it's, it's like he, they talk about in the movie how he has, like, a moral code as, and, and his moral co code is, is killing people. Like, people, if he's in a situation where someone, like, where he has the potential to kill someone, he kills them. It's simple. And he, it's he's just a, an amazing villain, and he's creepy as shit. Oh my god. Yeah, I thought the other actors. I thought Josh Brolin was definitely solid, like he was pretty good, and um, Woody Harrelson was also pretty good. But they weren't anything super special. Yeah, Woody Harrelson's so, always good. I love that guy. Yeah, so I gave it a fourteen as well. But moving on to production and directing, this is zero out of ten, and. The main thing that makes up this section... Well, this is 0 is, to 10. You're not giving it a 0 out of 10, right? Oh, no, no. 0 to 10. Sorry. <laughs> um, the main thing that makes up production is the air gun. The air gun is the sickest thing I've ever seen in a movie. Like, the sickest prop or the, like, sickest weapon. Cooler than the Infinity Gauntlet. I think it is the coolest gun or, like, not just gun, but prop in a movie or an item in a movie that I've maybe ever seen. Yeah, also with production and directing, that kind of includes, like, casting and also just, like, the wardrobe. And just thinking about the, the main antagonist, Anton Chigurh, like, the casting of Javier, Javier Bardem was, was beautiful. They couldn't have cast anyone better uh, for that role. And also the, the way that they, like, dress him and the haircut that he has, like, it... He's just exactly, he, he just perfectly plays that character, and, and it's like, set, he's set up for success with his wardrobe, with his haircut, just the way that he appears in the movie, he appears as, as a creepy, normal guy, but he ultimately turns out to be, like, uh, a, a murdering, like, psychopath. And I think that's exactly what they were going for. So I give it a 9 out of 10. It was, it was great. It, the production yeah, for production, the other thing that I noticed also while watching one of the videos was that there was no music in the movie. And I saw a little something that, like, uh, Ed Thomas, the uh, sheriff, is always talking about how he never noticed God's presence in life and, like, how God couldn't save anyone. But the only constant thing throughout the entire movie is the wind blowing. So maybe that's supposed to represent, and we'll get into symbolism, but maybe that represents God's presence. And even though, like, even if God does have a presence, how nothing can stop someone from dying or, or something happening to them. 
And then also the last thing about production that I thought was really good was how it was extremely graphic. Like it was a, it was kind of a, a gruesome movie to watch. Like they were not afraid to show, show the horrors of the murder and all that. And I think that was definitely on purpose because it was meant to show how like, how terrible the world is honestly like how scary it can be sometimes so i gave it a nine out of ten as well it's right behind fight club for me that's why i didn't give it a, a 10 using the out on a limb rules it's not the best i've ever seen so i gave it a nine yeah so you mentioned like the presence or like lack thereof of god in this movie and i think that it's like a great way to transition into symbolism which is our next category and this movie Every single scene, there was a symbol that contributed to the main message of the film. And just the, the little symbols, it, it, the, I think that is what makes this movie great. So you mentioned God and the wind. So in this movie, every time a character is faced with death, faced with uh, Anton Sugar about to murder them, they, they, they either pray, they, they, they do something, because they're expecting a miracle. Everyone expects... God to be with them when they're about to die. And this movie shows that God 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 is real, but God is silent. And people don't realize that that it, it, there isn't going to be a miracle every time they're faced with with death. Life life is a, it, it's chance. It's all about chance. So without having God be with having God be silent in this film, whenever a character is about to die, they're praying to God, but it doesn't change anything. It contributes to the message that the only thing that can save you from death is luck. I think that this movie is less about the absence of God and more about that life isn't about God. That while God may have a presence, he's not absent. Life isn't about God. It's just about you being able to live on this earth and survive and thrive and interact with other people and be able to do basic basic human things. And in life, there's nothing that can stop certain things. That's just the way that life is. And I think the whole point of this movie is to show that. And we can even see it in the end with Shigur, where he seems to be this unstoppable person the entire movie. But in the end, he gets in a car accident and bribes two little kids to not say anything. And he's hurt and his, his, like, his elbow is broken. And it shows that he's not this invincible person. Nobody is. And even when this, some, this one person is representing like a, a superhuman, that every single person has vulnerability to them and anything could happen at any time. Yeah, well, also, this is kind of... This is related to God, but it's unrelated to the point that I just made. I feel like uh, Shigur is kind of like a God-like uh, figure in the movie. He's pretty much invincible. Everyone that he faces with, he pretty much takes care of them. He murders them. And he's even when he gets shot, he like swiftly takes care of it, and it doesn't really affect him at all. So throughout the movie, he's kind of he's like invincible. And I feel like... When he gets in that car crash at the end, it's it shows that no one's invincible, and that everyone is human and everyone's susceptible to bad luck, and life can life can really just end at at the snap of a finger or, or a flip of a coin, and it, nothing's gonna happen. 
It's like it's a yeah. morbid, but it's like a it's a realistic message that this movie gives. Yeah, and the other thing I liked about the symbol was um, talking about the, like the absence of God. It's like the absence of the sheriff within all of the action. I think we don't see a lot of screen time from the sheriff because he lives life in fear, and he lives life in fear of like Shagur and of death. Like he's scared to die, and his cousin, I believe it was Ellis, explains to him how their uncle was was like murdered in this this like crazy thing just to show him that the world has always been this dark like the, the world has always been this bad and he the sheriff admits that he just feels overmatched with everything going on in it and i think the reason that he does like that the reason that he he stays away from the, all the action is because he's scared that that he can't handle what the world is like and i think that contributes to the title of no country for old men that this person is no longer fit to participate in society and make an impact and so he just feels overmatched and kind of just moves on to the next part of his life which is just living until he's dead yeah another symbol that i want to bring up which is probably the biggest symbol in the film is just the villain himself anton sugar he kind of, to me, he represents, like, death and fate. And there's a quote later in the movie. The the cousin who you just mentioned, he says to the sheriff, you can't stop what's coming. And I think that Anton Chigurh, the, the villain, represents that quote really well. He he pretty much, every time he, he has a victim, the only way that, the, the only way out, the only option he gives them, is uh like the flip of a coin and that's the only way that you could evade death and obviously that's unrealistic if someone's about to murder you they're not going to let you flip a coin that coin flip represents the chance that you may get lucky and you may escape death when you're supposed to die and his moral code is is pretty much just sometimes he offers his victims the the chance to flip the coin sometimes he doesn't he pretty much represents that in certain cases you could avoid fate, but in 99% of circumstances, you can't stop what's coming and, and fate's always going to get to you. Yeah, so I I really like the symbolism of the movie. At first, it's not something I, sh- I really understood, but I really like the symbolism of Shigur. And I thought the uh, thing about the absence of God or life just not being about counting on God, I thought that was really good too, so I gave it a 19 out of 20. Yeah, I symbolism, There, there's one symbol that I, I just, just every time, I, I mean, every, every little detail in this movie uh, kind of contributes to the theme of like luck, just luck and how fate is pretty much decided by luck in general, and everything in life comes down to luck. And there are a couple of little things in the movie that I want to bring up real quick. One of them was there's a scene where Shigur is is driving on a bridge and there's a bird sitting, a, a bird perched on the, the rails of the bridge. And he shoots a shot at it and he misses the bird. The bird flies away and life continues. So that bird escaped death by by the narrow luck that, that Shigur missed. And... When Sugar goes to the convenience store and he offers uh, the, the the person working at the store, he offers them a coin flip, and the guy land, the guy calls heads 
the coin lands on heads, and he survives. That symbol of the coin flip shows, it, it, it contributes to that theme of luck, how the only way to escape le- death is getting lucky, and it's something that Shigur believes in, that rarely, but sometimes he'll offer his victims the chance to flip a coin, uh, which represents the the luck that they that they have to avoid their fate. And it happens multiple times. The coin flip comes up multiple times. Because at the end of the movie, he tells uh, Llewellyn, who's dead, he tells his wife, flip this coin. And she knows what's going to happen. She, she knows that if she calls it right, she'll survive. If she doesn't call it right, she'll die. But she assumes that it, she's going to be wrong either way. He knows what the coin will be. And he's, he's going to kill her either way. So she refuses to flip the coin. And in return, Sugar murders her. And this is kind of an anticlimactic like end ending to like her life. She's a pretty prominent character in the movie. But it just goes to show how if you, if you refuse uh, or, or you deny that luck is, when it comes down to it, luck is the only thing that can save you. If you deny that, you hope that God's going to save you by a miracle. And you deny that luck... It comes down to luck, and luck will save you. That's that you have no way out because luck is the only way you can escape death when it's right at your door. Well, the thing that I thought was interesting too was that Shigur, throughout the whole movie, thinks of himself as the sort of god, right? And everyone constantly obeys him. He has never lost a battle, he kills every single person he comes face to face with. And even if he does kill Carla Jean, she ends up winning the game. Because while she decided not to play the game of luck and dying, he he himself is like like he's oblivious to how he plays into the game of luck as well. And another thing, like uh, another thing that I saw that I was reading about was that if she had decided to play the game of the coin toss for any second, for any minute longer, Shigur may have never gotten into that car crash that he did. So I think that's supposed to kind of like show the theme and also symbolize as well about how everyone is everyone is vulnerable to the game of luck in life. There are no exceptions to who could die at the snap of a finger or the flip of a coin. And I think Carla Jean beating him in that game sort of showed how even if he was this like crazy guy who killed everyone, he was he was no immortal. Yeah, I I feel I really feel a, a similar way to you. And before we get into theme, I just want to give my score for symbolism real quick. And this the reason that I love this film so much is because of the intricate symbols and how many there are and how every little detail in the film has a purpose. And that you don't really see that often. A lot of movies they'll have scenes that uh that fill space there, there will the the like the the setting just little things won't have any meaning they'll just be uh they won't really contribute to the film they'll just be there uh to like set background but i think that just every little thing in this movie contributes to contributes to the purpose of the film and i i think that it's it's so rare and i've really never seen a movie that does it as well as this one so I give it a 20 out of 20 perfect score just because of all the, the tiny symbols that, that are so meaningful. 
yeah, I gave uh, Simulism a 19 out of 20. Moving on now to a uh, theme and message. We talked a little bit already about the wife, but I just, I, I was just interested in the theme about how, like, nothing is guaranteed in life. And for me, the thing that I had to accept and that I had to realize was that this movie was less about what actually happened literally and more about, like, how it happened, if that makes sense. So, like, not what actually happened with like who ki like who killing who who killing who and like how they killed each other and while the air gun was cool just like not how he killed his victims but sort of like who lives who dies and who did what so like when you when you think about who was part of, like who was part of the action you saw the sheriff was not part of the action at all and he ends up surviving but at the same time, you could bring up the argument that he never got to enjoy the the rush of what life is like, and now his next milestone in life is death. And it represents that in the dreams at the end of the movie about him reuniting with his father who's dead, kind of represents that the next step in his life is him seeing his father when he's dead, and that he never really got to have a, a, a purpose at this old age, and that society was no longer for him i feel like uh a, a big theme in this movie i've brought it up so many times is luck but really diving into the concept of luck if you think about it everything in life comes down to luck think about lebron james probably the best athlete in the world right now or at least the the most iconic let's say lebron james got into a car accident when he was 16 years old and he was never able to play basketball again. That's bad luck, and that would have changed everything. LeBron James wouldn't even have been in the NBA. He wouldn't have been this great player that inspires generations, that does all of these great things. And I, I think if you just really think about greatness, you just think about every little thing in life, it can all be either enhanced by luck or it, it could be ruined by luck. And as much as skill and like fate can be in your own hands it all comes down to luck at a certain point if you yeah, can I add on to that so yeah. you were talking about how if lebron got into a car accident and his his basketball career would have never been the same but what let's talk about derrick rose who like was one of the best nba players in the league at a young age won the mvp I think the youngest MVP of all time looked like he was going to take over the league and his career was ruined by injuries after a torn ACL and then continuous injuries. And people always love to say, what if he had never gotten hurt? How would he have dominated the league? What would have happened? And as you said, it goes to show how life is, it is really all about luck, who gets the opportunities and who doesn't. And while there can be an advantage for certain people that were better off maybe younger and maybe are in a better financial situation, at the end of the day, anything could happen. And it's not, it's not God that can protect you from that. Nothing can protect you from the danger of what the world is like. I love this movie so much because it really just brings up the question, like, what if, just in general, what if? What if something good happened what if something good didn't happen to you? Like, it, it's just every little thing in life is, is a what if. Like, are, you, are we lucky because we, we've survived to 15 years old? Like, if you think about it, 
we might complain that we're unlucky because we have some fantasy basketball injuries, but it really puts everything in, in perspective that, like, luck is all around you. Every little thing in your life is comes down to luck. And I'd say that both of us are pretty lucky because of the situations that we're in, and we're healthy and we're happy, and I think that that is, is lucky. And even though there, there are smaller things that that contribute to luck, like maybe you you make like a, a, a glitchy play happens in Madden and you get pissed, but if you really think about it, we're both lucky people. And since everything comes down to luck, in general, it, like luck really decides, it, it, it can really influence who you are, how you live, and how long you live. It's just- Maybe what this movie too is about is having people look around and see what they have in life and being grateful for you know what you have at this particular moment. And I think maybe too, it's more about not looking into the future about what could happen or looking in the past about what if this didn't happen? What if, that, like, what if uh, this person never got hurt? And maybe it's just more about being grateful for the time that you have because your time on earth could end at any given moment and nothing can stop that and the shagur represents how if he walks into your hotel room and even if he's not who you're looking who he's looking you're not who he's looking for you could die like i think he shagur is just supposed to represent that death can approach you at any time and that you should probably just be grateful and happy to live in the moment that you have and not worry about the past or the future yeah but when we this show is all about asking why like why a film does this why a film does that but i feel like what no country for all men does is it tells you not to ask why like most things in life have no reason at all for them they just come down to luck like why did you mention why did derrick rose tear his acl he was unlucky it's simple a lot of things just come down to luck, and this movie kind of tells you not to, to ask why something happened, but appreciate uh, appreciate good things, and, and not really ask why, but focus on what is there, and but what you're going to do in the future, instead of asking, why did this happen to me, why is this so horrible, because often in life, there really is no answer to that question. And as we've talked about with other movies, something that's really important to me is how it impacted our life and how it impacted your outlook on what life is like. So for Fight Club, that meant looking for new opportunities and chasing what you want in life. And for Shawshank, it meant not losing hope in your your reality and how things can change. And I think that the way that this thing, that this movie changed my outlook on life was to be appreciative for what I have and to just be be happy to live in the present and not worry about the past or the future because those are things that I cannot fix. Like, there's things that I cannot impact. Like there's nothing that I could do to impact what happens in certain situations. So just be grateful to live in the present. Yeah, well for me this movie simply means like you can't stop what's coming. You can't control what happens in the past, what happens in the future because it's gonna happen. So there's no need to worry about it and you should just live in the present. As the the cousin says at the end of the movie, he says to the sheriff, you can't stop what's coming. And that's kind of what the, the character of Anton Shigur represents. And I feel like that's that's a, a, an interesting message because that's a true, that's a fact. You can't stop what's coming. So 
what that teaches you is to not worry about what's coming because you can't stop it. So to finish it up for our final scores, I ended up giving it an 87 out of 100, so higher than Social Network, but lower than Fight Club and Shawshank. And in general, it was a, a thrilling movie to watch and uh, uh, just it, it was a, a very cool experience. And I think the most satisfying and best part was finally being able to put it all together yourself to see what the movie really meant. But it was, in general, a great movie to review. Yeah. Um, for me, I gave it a 90. I loved the movie. I think it was... I, I agree. I think it was better than Social Network. I think it was behind Shawshank and Fight Club. And if I give it a 90, you give it an 87. That We round up, so that's an 89 for our combined rankings. And that just about wraps it up for this episode of Out on a Limb. And next week... Or not next week, actually. We're going to try to... Right now it's Wednesday. You'll probably be hearing this on a th- Thursday. And we're going to try to record our Parasite episode on Saturday. Get that up by Sunday. So expect Parasite this weekend. Uh, no Country for Old Men. Obviously, you just listen to it. So hopefully it's a Thursday. We got it out by Thursday. Parasite, Sunday. Uh, and Make sure to follow us on Instagram yeah. as well at Out on a Limb Show, and make sure to stay tuned on there because that's where we're going to be posting all our updates. And once we get more reviews coming, we'll have a a list and some rankings that will change around as we watch more movies. But that's going to do it from Out on a Limb. We hope you guys are doing well and enjoyed No Country for Old Men.